the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Locked on Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Great show for you lined up today. A lot to get to. Deion Amade is going to join me uh, next segment be with me through the end of the show. Still haven't gotten his thoughts about A.J. Green going undrafted this week with this weekend, which was a big shock to everyone. Uh, and then we've also got to talk about the news yesterday with the NCAA that athletes could potentially be allowed to make money off of advertisements, off of endorsements, off of apparel deals. Uh, that's going to be voted on in a few months, but it's going to be proposed uh, this week, and, and what are the ramifications for that across collegiate athletics? We will get into all that on today's show. I want to remind everyone to follow me on Twitter, at Colby J. Powell, at Locked on Pokes. Also, seek out our partners, Boone Pickens State, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search Boone Pickens State, and you will find them. The best Oklahoma State news, notes, and headlines. Uh, also, head over to LockedOnPodcast.com and check out everything the Locked on Podcast Network has to offer a new sponsorship deal across the Locked On Podcast Network coming your way Friday. Cannot wait for that. Uh, looking forward to it, so keep an eye out for that as well. Uh, we're excited to uh, be partnering with a big new national brand. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and dive on in. I want to give you some of the details about everything going on with this NCAA uh, image, name, likeness, uh, the rules that could potentially change. I want to go ahead and get you updated on all the particulars of that before I get Dion on and get his thoughts. So a a group studying the future uh, of the NCAA name, image, and likeness rules. So uh, I think one reason that this might be coming up now, and I'm sure that this has been in the works for a while, but you see all these collegiate uh, basketball players, especially decommitting, going to the G League. They make half a, bil- half a million dollars uh, to play basketball for a year, and they can get apparel deals. And if these are really highly rated prospects that apparel companies think are going to be uh, NBA players or NBA stars, then they're likely to get those apparel deals and be able to make quite a bit of money that way. So, um, the, the NCAA Board of Governors appointed this working group six months ago to figure out how to give student-athletes a chance to make money while also make, maintaining a distinction between college sports and professional leagues. So here's what they came up with. Here's what they would, uh, uh, w- would do. The group that they hired is going to recommend these changes. This will be voted on in a few months. So first change, allow student-athletes to make money by modeling apparel as long as that apparel does not include school logos or other school marks. For example, uh, Cade Cunningham, and this won't happen for Cade Cunningham because it would be instituted after he was gone, but Cade Cunningham could come in and Cade Cunningham could uh, sign with Nike and he could wear a pair of Nike sweats and a pair of Nike shoes and a Nike hat and a Nike shirt and he could wear all this and he could be in commercials, he could be in magazines, whatever he wanted to do, but none of that stuff that he was wearing could have Oklahoma State's logo on it. None of, the, none of the school logos, any other school marks could not be on the apparel. Another one, allow athletes to make money from advertisements. Athletes would be allowed to identify themselves as college athletes in the advertisements, but again, would not be allowed to reference the school they attend or include any school marks in the advertisement. So again, you can say you're a collegiate athlete, but you cannot mention the school. So uh, an- another thing, Athletes would be prohibited from marketing products that conflict with NCAA legislation, such as gambling operations or banned substances. I don't know what this would mean for medical marijuana states across the country. 
Really have no idea. Couldn't speculate into that. Uh, individual schools would also be allowed to prohibit athletes from marketing products that do not line up with the school's values. Now, that could get a little tricky depending on which school has what values, how that impacts recruiting. Um, this Obviously, there is no perfect system, but we're working our way toward a better system. So another thing athletes could do would be to hire an agent. Athletes would be allowed to hire an agent in college without losing their eligibility, but that agent would only be allowed to help them procure marketing opportunities. That agent would not be allowed to help them seek professional sports opportunities for the client during his or her collegiate career. So um, you can have an agent, but they can't help you try to get to the next level while you're still in college. That, that can't happen. Now, will that happen? Sure, it will. Some of these rules will be will be broken, but the rules are being broken now. So let's get a better system and uh, go from there. And then last, uh, it would require all athletes to disclose the details of all endorsement contracts to their athletic department. The working group would recommend, the working group who came up with all these rules, would recommend further discussion about whether a third party should be involved in overseeing these disclosures in a way that prevents endorsement deals from becoming improper recruiting enticements. I think that would be a good idea if you want to keep recruiting intact, even somewhat, even at all, I think that you would want to have a third party overseeing the endorsement contract disclosure. So that's kind of uh, what's going to be proposed to the NCAA. Then they will vote on that. Uh, does it say here exactly when they're going to vote on that? I don't think it does. I don't think it does. Um, okay. NCAA members will have several months to review these recommendations and add their input before the board votes on any proposal. The NCAA typically votes on new rules at its annual meeting in January, but the Board of Governors can institute new policies at other times if deemed necessary. I don't know about you guys, but watching the top collegiate basketball players from across the country decommit and go to the G League has got me scared. You know what, Liz? And I, I just... Boy, if, if Cade were to decide to go to the G League, it would be a disaster for Oklahoma State for, for, for Cade Cunningham to leave and go to the G League. And then, boom, the very next year, they allow collegiate athletes to make money off their name, image, and likeness. That would be the most Oklahoma State thing ever to lose the biggest recruit in the history of the basketball program because he can't make money at the collegiate level and he can in the G League. And then, Boom, the very next year, they institute making money off name, image, and likeness. Hopefully, that does not happen. I'm just letting you know I'm keeping an eye on it because watching all these other guys decommit, you know, Oklahoma State's moving up in the recruiting rankings because several five-star guys now have left power programs, Michigan, Memphis, UCLA, to go to the G League. I'm just keeping half an eye on it. I think that's what, you know, the NCAA is trying to fix is is keeping kids coming to college as opposed to just going straight to any professional league they can go to. This is certainly a step in the right direction. I want to get Dion's thoughts on all this. I want to get his thoughts on A.J. Green going undrafted. Might let this breathe for a minute, talk about A.J. Green, and then circle back to this name, image, and likeness stuff. So we'll get to all that again. I'm Colby Powell. Follow me on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked On Pokes. Head on over to LockedOnPodcast.com. Check out everything the Locked On Podcast Network has to offer. Also, go see our friends at Simply Green Pharmacy. Uh, Simply Green Pharmacy is doing everything they can to take care of you, the patient. You can call them. You can do curbside to go ordering whatever you need. They have got it. Check them out online at LiveSGF.com or you can find them in Stillwater at 617 East 
Redbud Drive on the uh, northeast side of town, right there where Redbud and Perkins intersect. You can find Simply Green Pharmacy. Head that way and tell them Locked On Pokes sent you. All right, Deanna Mate joins me next. Stay with me here on Locked On Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. here on Locked on Pokes. And joining us now as he does every Wednesday, former Oklahoma State Cowboy Dion Imade. Dion, what's going on on a Wednesday? Nothing much, my man. Just another Wednesday. Had a couple of storms roll through here in Tulsa last night, but it seems like the calm after the storm is upon us. Was it bad in Tulsa? Uh, it was pretty bad, man. It was pretty bad. Nothing. I, I, I don't think anything touched down. But, I mean, the winds were pretty aggressive and the, the, the storm clowns were pretty much, you know, scared a lot of people out here. Okay. I didn't even know that. We, uh, you know, we kind of live in a bubble here in Oklahoma City. I didn't know if you knew that or not, but we kind of uh, insulate ourselves <laughs> in this little Oklahoma City bubble. And if it doesn't hit us, we don't really know that it exists. So I didn't even know anything was going on in Tulsa. I figured I would have gotten a text from my mother-in-law. Has something been going on in Tulsa? I didn't get the text. So I just assumed y'all were all good, but uh, glad it wasn't too bad. Um, unlike AJ Green's week last week, which was real, real bad. He, he lost his father earlier in the week, which was a, a tragedy. It was devastating. Hated to hear that. Yeah. And then later in the week, man, I, I'm watching the NFL draft. And I didn't figure he'd go Thursday or Friday. I, I didn't think he was a first three round guy. Most of the places I saw had him graded as either a fifth or a sixth round guy. And you know, Saturday I'm, I'm in and out and I'm checking Twitter. I'm, I'm checking Boone Pickens State. I'm trying to figure out what is going on with AJ Green. And then finally I checked Twitter and it's like AJ Green is a highly sought after undrafted free agent. Several teams vying for him, offering big money. And I'm like, undrafted free agent AJ from Oklahoma State I, I couldn't make sense of it Dion help me help me figure out why AJ Green went undrafted what you got for me man here's the thing about the NFL draft especially when you get into those later rounds there's no real you know reason for a lot of these things it's just particular scouts and particular GMs like particular players and sometimes you just don't come across as uh, a specific, like everybody wants to find that hidden gem and everybody has their own techniques or tactics on how they choose players. And so there's just, it's just <laughs> something that you can't pinpoint as much as people want to promise you and they want to do these rankings and everything. There's no telling if you're going to get drafted or not, especially if you're not one of those, you know, top, uh, you know, projected one or two round guys. You just never know where he's going to fall. And unfortunately for A.J. Green, he came into the circumstances where his name didn't get called. But, I mean, sometimes what they say is it's better to be undrafted than to be a seventh-round pick because then you get to determine where you're going to go and you get to be uh, determine how your situation is going to play out. And, and if you actually make the team, which is, you know, a, a possibility, then you can kind of pick, you know, what you want to do as far as what your contract is, it's that your leverage point is kind of better on the back end. So I don't know, man. It, it, it hopefully, it, it seems like it turned out kind of, you know, in the best case scenario for him for being undrafted, where a lot of teams were wanting him. He, he did end up with the Cleveland Browns. Seemed like he got a pretty good deal as far as uh, financially. I mean, uh, signing a $145,000 uh, guarantee with the 130 
thousand base salary, guaranteed fifteen fifteen grand. So and that, I mean, that's it turned out pretty money. well. Like, like you said, if he makes exactly. the roster, there's more money to come. But the one forty five, that's the guaranteed money that he gets. Which for an undrafted free agent, uh, like I said uh, on Monday, I don't have the numbers in front of me as to what everyone got. But I'd be hard pressed to find another undrafted free agent that a team dished out one hundred forty five in guaranteed money to. Exactly, man. I mean, we can look at a lot of our bank accounts right now. We're not sitting as pretty as AJ Green, but you know, <laughs> he he put in the work, and he he had a tough week. You know, there's no lie about that. He had a tough week, but hopefully, I mean, the the guaranteed money and and uh, the, now the motivation that comes with being undrafted kind of propels him to to making that roster for the Cleveland Browns. He's not the first cornerback that wore the number four for the Oklahoma. Say Cowboys that's been a part of that franchise, so hopefully it, it turns out better for him. Yeah, and when Justin Gilbert went to Cleveland, you know, that's when Cleveland was a train wreck. I mean, I mean, Cleveland is still yeah. a little bit dysfunctional, but they're dysfunctional in a way now where they at least have a, a semi-decent roster. We don't know what their head coach is, but they're at least a, an NFL team that you could see winning eight, nine games. When, when Justin Gilbert went there, this was a team that you knew wasn't going to win four, and it, they were going to get hot to win three. So he, he went to kind of a dysfunctional situation. And there have been stories about, you, you know, whether he made the most of it, whether he didn't. Who knows about all that? But hopefully A.J. Green will find himself a good spot in Cleveland. Uh, and then I don't know if you saw this as well. Kima Sivaran wound up in Seattle uh, as an undrafted free agent. And I said this on Monday, and, and I really believe it. Kima Sivaran was a phenomenal special teams guy in his time at Oklahoma State. And, and I compared what his career could be like to maybe a guy like Matthew Slater in New England, who has made a decade-long yeah. career out of being the first guy down on every punt, the first guy down on every kickoff, making plays, being around the football on special teams. There is a place for that guy in the NFL, and you can make a good, long career out of it. And based on what he did at Oklahoma State, I think that's the, the impact we can see Kima Severan have at the next level. And that's the thing about the Seahawks, man. They don't draft or pick up players without a specific, you know, role that they want them to play. Yeah, they're in very, very intentional. They're very intentional. Very, very intentional. I mean, when they went out and, and, and grabbed a, a former safety and turned him into a cornerback that played for the Oklahoma State Cowboys, I was thinking to myself, I was like, wait, what? What, what are we doing here? And, and it turned out to work pretty well, I might add. Yeah, absolutely it did. Trey Flowers... Obviously, you're referencing there. Yeah, he was a safety at Oklahoma State, but they figured, you know, the guy's long, the guy's fast. Let's put him at corner, let him do a little bit of covering. So, um, all right, let's take a break, and then let's come back on the other side, uh, and I want to dish all this NCAA stuff. Dion's way, see what he thinks about the idea of uh, NCAA players being able to make some money with some restrictions. We'll get into all that next. Stay with us here on Locked On Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. Wrapping things up here on Locked on Pokes. Colby Powell, Dion, and Made with you as always on 
Wednesdays. Head on over to Twitter. Follow me at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. Look for our partners, Boone Pickens State. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Look for Boone Pickens State. You will find the best Oklahoma State news notes and headlines you will find. You can also follow Dion across social media platforms, primarily Twitter and Instagram at Dion Imade underscore 28. Uh, and I want to remind everybody to go see our friends at Simply Green Pharmacy in Stillwater. Simply Green Pharmacy doing everything they can to take care of their patients during these uncertain times. Head that way. You can do curbside pickup. Uh, they're going to make sure that you can get whatever you need, however you need it. Check them out online at livesgf.com or head on that way in Stillwater, 617 East Redbud Drive, corner of Redbud and Perkins. Tell them Locked on Pokes sent you. All right. Dion is still with me. And uh, Dion, you played college football. You know what the machine is, what the business of the NCAA is. I, I want to know first, before we get into um, all of these proposed rule changes, how, how often did you and your teammates, how often did the coaches, Mike Gundy, bring it up, you, you know, the fact that this is a business, and, and what do you think the general vibe was amongst the players? Did, did the players... Did, did the players feel exploited? Did they feel grateful to be getting the education? Because the, the actual opinions of the players is something I'm always fascinated with because guys like me sit around and go, this is unfair, this is exploitation, this is unfair, pay these guys. I, I want to know, what was the vibe in the locker room when you were there? Well, I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. Guys aren't blind and we're not stupid. We see, you know, the ability that the university has because of the hard work that the, the, these guys put in is, is obvious. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, is it a blessing and an opportunity to play Division One college football? Yes. But the, the thing that you see is how much money is around you and how much you have no access to it. You know what I'm saying? There's guys going to Walmart buying ramen noodle packets. And I know that's a lot of people's college experience, but I mean the fact that you don't see the money like we see it. You don't see the capabilities. You don't, your time isn't spent uh, around so much that you can't access. And because of your hard work, you know that they, they tell you and they harp on this, getting a college degree is very important. And you, you hear about all the people that go in debt just to, to be able to have this college degree and everything. But the, but the at the end of the day, the, th- the thing that outweighs everything is how much money is being produced because of your hard work and how much uh, a system is, is not allowing you to, you know, profit or, you know, take advantage of the, of that, that hard work and, and, and sweat and blood and tears that you're putting into something. So, I mean, I've, I've talked about this many a times. I mean, I know how valuable a college degree is, but at the end of the day, it, you're, it's kind of, in the way I've always put this, the value of a dollar has diminished ever since, you know, for, for time on end, just because of, you know, how much it's being produced and the gold that's supposedly backing it up. It's just, it's not, the value of a dollar is not as valuable as it was back in the day. And the same thing with a college degree. The college degree, although it's very beneficial, it's not as valuable as it was back in the day because everybody's getting a college degree. So the fact of the matter is it's diminished a little bit. And I know people are going to, you know, not like the way I'm phrasing this or not like to hear that, but it's the truth. And the thing that is increasing value 
is the fact that how much money this game produces with the TV and, and all kinds of sponsorships and everything that's increasing. And the money's not going to the people who are also providing a lot to the, to the game. It's going to other people surrounding it. So that's, that's my gripe about the whole thing. That was phenomenally well said. Everything you said there from the idea of you can see it, but you have no access to it. And the idea that it's just the degree isn't worth as much as it used to be because, like you said, everyone's getting them. So that brings me to the latest news and notes with the NCAA. Uh, Let me just give you the bullet points. I went over them uh, earlier before you joined me with everybody. So these are proposed rules that uh, the NCAA Board of Governors will vote on in in several months is what it says in the story on ESPN. It just says several months they will vote on this. So a group has come up with these changes that would allow it to be more fair for student-athletes in the NCAA. So first and foremost... Student athletes could make money by modeling apparel as long as that apparel doesn't include school logos or other school marks. So, like if Cade Cunningham comes in and gets a Nike deal, he can model Nike clothes, but they can't have the Oklahoma State logo on them, no Pistol Pete, no anything like that. Uh, athletes would be allowed to make money from advertisements. They couldn't identify themselves. That, no, pardon me. They could identify themselves as collegiate athletes, but again, no school marks on anything that they advertise. Could not advertise uh, any like gambling operations or banned substances. Individual schools would be allowed to uh, basically say no to any products they did not feel were on brand with the school's values. Uh, athletes would be allowed to hire an agent. That agent could only help them procure marketing opportunities. That agent cannot help them seek professional sports opportunities. And athletes would have to disclose the details of all endorsement contracts to their athletic department. So just that quick rundown right there, Dion. What do you think about the idea of players being able to model apparel, have advertisements, uh, the school still having some control? What do you think about all that as a first step in the right direction? Oh, man, there's so many ins and outs to that that's going to cause a lot of headaches. Yes. But it's also going to be beneficial to the players. But the one thing, I mean, especially with my, uh, you know, accounting and finance background is uh, tax time and protecting the players. It's going to be very important that these universities, and this could be a, you know, a recruiting side plus, you know, something that they could add to the recruiting aspect of things to differentiate themselves from different universities. you got to have somebody who teaches these kids about taxes and to make sure they're filing on what they're making. You have to have somebody who, you know, if you come in, you can say, hey, if you need an agent or somebody, we have a couple of guys that we've worked with in the past and we, you know, we, we are, the, these are good guys and they're not going to try and take advantage of you. And there's also a situation where you're going to have to have a, an environment where you, it can't be corrupt. You can't allow these schools to, to say, hey, you can't work with this specific person and not given a, give a reason why, because it's like opposite their brand or something that they're selling or, or whatever it may be. There just can't be any corruption within the university denying these kids the ability to co- go with a certain company to 
to, you know, sponsor uh, and, and, and advertise for their company. And then so real quick, if I, if I can interrupt for one second, you use the word corruption. Kind of like you said, one thing I worry about is that the school will have an under the table deal with a business that the school will funnel athletes their direction for adver- advertisement. So then if like a competitor comes in and wants an athlete to advertise, they can say that that's against the school's brand. And, and then there's already an under the table deal. So it will be very important to make sure that corruption does not infiltrate um, but basically these players' lives as they try to make a little bit of money off their name, image, and likeness. Now you're talking about AAU basketball and the trouble that you can probably Bingo. get into with that. <laughs> so there's, there's going to be it, – it's definitely going to create some jobs in these universities for, for sure because somebody's going to have to be in charge of all that. There's going to have to be somebody who can, you know, facilitate these guys and help them out and make sure that they're not being taken advantage of. And yet, and when you, this, this, when this, this presents itself, you can hear the universities, you know, cringe and say, Oh my gosh, this is going to cause so much headaches. And this is why we didn't want to do it. But at the end of the day, because of the money that's being produced, because of the sports, uh, they have the ability to make sure this is a safe, and profitable situation for them and the student athletes. And that's what's important. I mean, you got to be able to, because I mean, let's be honest, this, this money is going to circulate regardless of the fact. And it, it hopefully it, it does some good and it helps some kids and some families out in, in some tough situations. Yeah, no doubt about it. And one thing that I mentioned earlier, too, is, you know, with all these college basketball players, and I'm sure you've seen it, we've all seen it on Twitter, these five-star recruits are decommitting now across the country. Michigan, Memphis, UCLA, yeah. we're seeing these high-level recruits decommit and go to the G League where they can make a little bit of money while preparing themselves for the NBA. And I said, it would be the most bad luck Oklahoma State thing ever. Oklahoma State just seems like it has this curse on it with great players. It would be the most Oklahoma State thing ever for Cade Cunningham to decide that he's going to go to the G League, and then one year later, the NCAA allows players to make money off their name, image, and likeness. That would be the most horrible luck Oklahoma State thing ever. Hopefully that doesn't happen, but I think that's part of the reason why the NCAA is is going to pass some of this stuff and say, look, we need to make changes because the old model of, of collegiate athletics, it was only going to last so long. This, this amateurism that, that they're trying to convince us that they're trying to preserve – Man, I'm, I watched the college football playoff. There was nothing amateur about the college football playoff. That was a professional production. Those were uh, border, right. borderline professional teams. 14 guys from LSU got drafted. So th- this idea of this pure amateur product that the NCAA has been trying to convince us that they're putting on, and that's the reason they're doing all these things, I, I just think that that was only ever going to last so long, and I think this is the first step in, in seeing the NCAA evolve toward a model that's more sustainable over time. And you could see what they're doing here, man. I mean, basketball in this freshman, in this incoming freshman class put the full court press on the NCAA, especially with, uh, you just heard about it the other day, the five-star point guard that was committed to UCLA, Nick, he just decommitted and said, told everybody that he's going to go to the G League. Uh, the guy who was the number one player in, in the 2020 class, he decided, nope, I'm going to take this $500,000 
contract and go to the G League and then take my chances and go into the NBA draft next year. So they knew what they were doing. They're losing their talent. They're losing their capability of making money. So they have to, you know, act fast. And that's the reason why this is being presented. Don't think it's because they're doing it out of the kindness of their heart. There's potential to lose millions and millions of dollars down the line if they don't do this and if they don't adapt and survive. So hopefully they vote correctly or else more guys, especially if there's some success for the guys who decided to do this this year, if they succeed and get drafted and have a profitable and and good NBA careers, more guys are going to do this. So they have to act fast. And I commend them because, hey, you can't be stubborn for long. If you're going to be in charge of an organization, you have to see what's going on in the future and be able to adapt and prevent your 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 organization from getting money and you know that's what the ncaa is doing right now Dion, phenomenal stuff today talking about the ncaa rules is a hot button issue for me uh, and i love these conversations so i hope everybody enjoys this as much as i did Dion, we'll do it again next week sounds good my man hit me up anytime absolutely that's Dion amade joining me always here on wednesdays on locked on pokes glad everyone could join us uh tell Dion thanks for coming on tell him that you appreciate him being a guest here on twitter instagram Dion amade underscore 28 thanks for listening once again i'm back friday here on locked on pokes